0: Great news, business gal pals. The new Bee Mastermind Group Support for Women in Business is now open for 2022 enrollment. Everyone who signs up before this Sunday will receive a free digital copy of my best-selling title, Manifest Success, How to Shut Out the Noise and Transform Your Big Idea into a Business You Love. The first 10 women to sign up before Sunday will also receive three extra bonuses worth over $700 in value. Head on over to BeMyselfNow.com slash mastermind to learn more and grab your spot today. Hey, business gal pals. Welcome back. This week, I am talking with Alexis Perry about making decisions as a business owner. Alexis is the CEO of Mountain Cane Media, and they are paving the way for content repurposing to come to the forefront in the online space. Hashtag time saver, for sure. Alexis brings a wealth of expertise from the operations side of business, prioritizing business assets to give new life to current offers and promotions. As a certified director of operations, she strives to work with impact-driven businesses promoting sustainability and social equality. Alexis values discussing building your business on your own terms with women of all backgrounds on the CEO Summit Climb podcast. When she is not working, you can find her hiking in the Blue Ridge Mountains in her hometown of Roanoke, Virginia with her husband or homeschooling her two children. Alexis is also the owner and founder of artandgo.co, an art lesson membership where she has translated her art lessons to the online space from her time as an elementary art teacher. Welcome, Alexis. Thank you so much for joining us. I know there's a lot of decision-making that goes on in developing businesses like the ones that you have and also setting up, you know, systems and operating procedures for businesses. So I'm really glad you're here to have this conversation with us today.
1: Oh, it's such a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Danielle. I'm so excited to dive in.
0: So give us a little bit of the background story for your business. How did Mountain Cane Media and Art and Go.co come to life? Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks for asking. So Mountain Cane
1: Media um, kind of evolved accidentally, right? I think um, as an entrepreneur, so many of us find ourselves as accidental entrepreneurs. And that was very much the case with me. So I was an elementary arts teacher the unconventional sort. Um, and I did, I decided I didn't love teaching and didn't spend a lot of time in that space, not because I didn't love teaching, but because I don't like getting up early, if we're going to be <laughs> honest there. <laughs> and it then, didn't fit with your lifestyle. Yeah. No, it didn't. And, and I wasn't seeing my family as much as I wanted to. And I felt like I was in, in a sense rearing other children on who didn't have my values, you know, I was there for behavior management and not my passions of teaching. And so it just, it didn't align with me in the manner that I was executing teaching. So I had to like reinvent the wheel and pivot as I, I find we're always pivoting. Right. So I, I was like, what am I going to do? I have a master's in art education. And I'm like, what am I going to do with all this education, you know? And, um, I created a traveling art workshop business with my beach cart and my truck. And I went to all the nursing homes in my community. And I did paint parties and birthday parties at the time. And then, you know, all the things. And um, I loved that. I did it for a long time, which was like a year because it felt so long. But being a teacher and not being of the business mind at that time, I did not set myself up sustainably to keep doing it, right? So that came to a close. But to get that going, I learned about website design, created a website, um, YouTube all the things, and learned social media for promoting these kind of events. And then at that pivot, at that natural pivot of like, oh, this isn't gonna work, but social media was working. Let's figure that out. And so then learner of life, went back to online school, right, to learn how to do digital marketing. And um, I've fallen in love with the space. And then Mountain Cane Media was created. Uh, I was like, I'm going to do this. And what am I going to call this new venture? Um, I didn't want to be Alexis Perry Media or something with my own name, because I wanted to leave room for growth. And we're hikers. And my husband has this beautiful hand carved walking stick. So we're laying in bed and we're just throwing out random names and we're like mountain canes. And then I looked it up and the domain was available. And I was like, sold, let's take it.
0: <laughs> love it. I love that. That's great. Yeah. Isn't it great when your name is available? Everybody knows the joy of that.
1: <laughs> right? Like coms are being taken up quickly. So if you see something I'm like let's buy all the coms and that one, that one was open. So um, we just dove in there and I have been you know, you start doing all the things and my art background translated really nicely for, for digital marketing. And I did logos and social media and design. And, and again, right, the story here, the trend is evolving and pivoting. And now I don't do all the things. I do um, operations and, and content repurposing, but you had to go through all of that to figure that out.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. To hone that expertise so you could show up in that authority when it comes to the operations and the repurposing. Definitely. Exactly. Yes. That's fantastic. Well, it sounds like you've made a lot of pivots along the way as all of this has developed and you're right. We all do that in our entrepreneurial journey. We have to kind of follow the breadcrumbs, you know, that are there for us to see and pick up and, you know, take us in the right direction. So how do you self-validate or internally qualify some of those decisions, big and small, like to pivot is kind of a big decision. How do you know that it's the right direction for you?
1: Oh, that's heavy, right? Um, I'm not sure you always know, but I do think that definitely trial and error, right? Like my art workshop's it was, I was doing and trying and failing and doing again, right? And so um, that was kind of my own reflection at the time, but I've since learned that that is still an appropriate manner. However, now I've, I have involved community with my trial and error. And that is a really great way for me to um, pivot, grow, learn reflect, refine, figure out things for myself, but then get, get the feedback of people that I have connected with. And then I've formed a relationship with, and I trust because they're also making their own pivots and their own, you know, small steps forward. And, and that networking is so empowering, impactful that, you know the hand holding it, it we all need that we all need that in in business and professional realms of life so
0: i'd say you yeah. got to
1: you got to try and you need good people in your corner
0: yeah absolutely and people who are trying too right so you can all kind of learn from each other that collective wisdom grows with each little drop in the bucket so what helps you avoid decision fatigue cuz you you've been in business a while and you've made a lot of decisions along the way and I know it's easy to burn out and just feel like I I can't anymore. I don't know. I don't know what to do. And I'm stuck. How do you avoid that space and just stay really decisive and sure in yourself?
1: Oh, um, also, I'm not sure I always avoid decision fatigue. But I have been learning through some of these community efforts, some self care techniques that one, I'm really finding help. I know I've been in a house in a pandemic for a year and a half, like many others, right. And, and so I stopped exercising and, and putting myself first in that realm. And I've picked that back up. And that really, for me, um, helps tremendously. But I also, you know, being a mom, wife, business owner, and homeschooler, I found that systems and operations really help me thrive to get all these things done. And that's now why I offer it as a service because I love it so. But it, it's the way to make the needle move forward. And so I don't have to make as many decisions. I've got a, a list of you know, daily recurring things that just have to be done or then a list of maybe five priorities that aren't daily recurring, but they're milestones I have set for completion for the day. And We hope to get done. And then I also, I'm not a great time blocker. I think it's great in, in theory, but you know, with the kids we're pivoting daily with whatever is, is going on many there. times
0: a day. Yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> so I've, I've learned that time blocking doesn't work for me, but I love to have themed days actually. And so I take my calls on I was only doing my calls for the last year on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but then I was trying to make that work and it wasn't working with our new homeschool schedule this year. So I made the decision to now take calls on Wednesdays and Thursdays. And it was so freeing that I could make that decision and change things. And I did. And I still have those themed days of calls on these two days where I can really grind and then work on the other days. So kind of repetitive things weekly for me help, help me not get so burnt out.
0: Yeah. Then you don't have to think about it quite as often. I love how you're harnessing your superpower of systems and operations at home. You're like, we got this, we'll just set it up, you know, with a system that, that meets all of our needs. You know, when we see that it's not meeting our needs, again, you harness your superpower to say, Well, how can we shift the system so that it continues to be optimal for our performance?
1: Right. And you know what? I had to like give myself permission almost to change the system, which was hard for me for a second because I was like, Oh, all the calls don't fit on these days anymore. And and then to be like, oh, you you are building the business to fit into your life, make the change. It's a small change and it can happen. And then when I did that, I was like, oh, the system's falling back in place,
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. Just re-empowering yourself to, right. to free yourself through that decision-making, that's great.
1: Yeah, and the fact that the business should be built around my life, right? Because that's the whole reason I'm, I'm building this business is, is to fund and fuel my life and my passions and, and those of my children and family, but it's not an end all be all thing, right? Like, like you can mold it to fit what's going on in your world.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And if it's draining you, it's not enriching your life. So that is a good clue to take a look at it and say, what is the piece that doesn't fit here and how can I change that? Yeah, for Absolutely. sure. So how do you have grace for yourself when you make the wrong decision or you make a decision that seems like the right decision and then you suffer a failure? How do you make space for that?
1: I think sometimes
0: giving grace to yourself
1: is not easily done, right? Um, True definitely I have some cry in the shower moments or some fussing. My husband says I'm on the, um, the higher end of the emotional spectrum, which is true. I'll give him that. But, uh, after the emotions and I just have the outlet, then the logic comes. And so then that's where like, okay, let's reflect, let's refine. How do we make a different decision for the next time? And I am a systems person. So I normally write it down and, and have, have it in my project management system as a second brain of sorts for should the situation or scenario arise again,
0: we can reflect and, and grow upon it. That's awesome. I loved how you're reflecting on that you can feel those feelings and kind of let them out, move that energy. And then that frees you up to sort of get back into that flow of your rational mind and say like, what is my next best step here?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's I think fantastic. it's okay to feel, you know, I mean,
0: absolutely. We need to embrace that. And yeah. And watching. I think often, you know, highly sensitive people are common entrepreneurs because we need a safer space in terms of our working everyday life. We need it to fit into our life a little bit better. And we also we have this drive to reach out and touch people. I think in a unique way because we know what it is to feel all of these things so deeply. Um, yeah. So there's a beauty in allowing that.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Entrepreneurialship is not for
0: the faint of heart at all. For <laughs> no. sure. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> you got to be ready to to hang in there. Definitely. Oh yeah. Keep making those decisions when it gets hard, and it gets emotional, and it gets scary.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, none of my friends are entrepreneurs. I mean, now I have friends on the um, online space, you know, that I've grown to love and care for and, and connect with daily, but you know, my family and friends before this time aren't entrepreneurs. And so they don't, they don't understand the the drive or the the constant work or or thriving. And because you're working, it's not a to get paid, I must work, you know? (laughs) Right, it's not this
0: burden to get away from. It's a true avenue. I think we've talked about this before, a true avenue for self-expression. And there's a real uplifting, empowering sense to feeling good about putting yourself out into the world in that way. Oh, definitely, definitely. So what are some of the tough decisions you've had to make as a business owner as you've gone on this journey?
1: I have learned that you know the time when i'm getting started i was getting started right you just want on the job so you can can fund your family and your lifestyle right but i've learned that even through all the jobs with all the people they're not all for me and i'm not for them and so that has been something tougher decisions right because you don't always find out that this person who you might feel is your ideal client It's really not and that you do not align with their values. And so making decisions for me or value-based decisions of ending that client relationship, while it might be fruitful on the front end, it is not benefiting my value system or aligning with my heart, right. And so that has been hard to, to say, and to notice those flags later than I would have liked to, right, to let that go. And to, to say no, sometimes, even though it feels so good, when you finally say no, to say no, when you want the job, or you want the income that it can provide for you. It can be hard, but so worth it when you do.
0: Yeah. There's really nothing more empowering than drawing your own boundaries that are value-based. Definitely. Yeah. So how do you get in touch with your values? How do you know what your values are? Like what, what did that process look like for you? Great question. And it's actually something I had never done before and
1: I didn't realize the power in doing that work. And now I suggest it to everyone because it just was so eye-opening and gave me clarity in and who I want to work with, who I want to serve, and who I want to repel, right? So I think I talk about this often. But I did the director of operations class with Natalie Gingrich, and it was just phenomenal. It was life changing. And she, you know, it spoke so nicely to my love language of work and gave us all homework. And it was to write our mission, vision and values. And I didn't come from corporate background. So I think that is something that um, may be common in that space, but for me, very new. And, you know, you can, it's different when you like talk about, okay, this is my vision, this is why I'm doing this business. You know, like i having a conversation with you and I can tell you my reasons why, but to write it down and to like dive into that work was just transformational. And now, I am realizing it comes out and it appears in in my own content, my own marketing. And now that's how I want to work with clients. Like I, I must know their mission, vision, and values before I can work for them, before I can partner and I do content repurposing, but I need to know what content I'm repurposing. Why am I doing this? What is your mission? Who are you serving? Do I align with that? And if I do it's a super powerful connection with me to help you get your message out there. So it's just transformational work to do.
0: And I love how you reflected on needing to align your values with those of your clients. So I think that is so true when we don't match up, then we're, we're like, what am I really uplifting here through the work that I'm doing? What are the messages that I'm spreading through the energy that I'm putting into the world And you have to feel good about that. When you do, it will reach so many more people of the right people, right? And it'll be so much more powerful, definitely. So it wouldn't serve the client either for you to maintain that relationship. The power in that no is serving them as much as it is serving you as well.
1: Yeah, you're spot on there.
0: Well, thank you so much, Alexis. There's so much wisdom here. I'd love to wrap it up with a favorite business hack of yours or a bit of advice that you have for business gal pals out there, business or life related.
1: So a business hack would be mute your notifications. That really helps me get stuff done like on my phone and on my computer when we have stuff to do and it's time to work, just turn everything off and be in the moment, like be present now. Right. And, um, and, uh, I have a personal hack for the moms out there in my homeschooling world, and I've just implemented love this and it's changing my life because my kids love snacks, right? Like what kids don't, and, um, <laughs> they ask all the time. So I started making party platters is what we call them in our home. And, you know pre COVID should you have guests over and you might have just this nice big platter and you would serve fruit and snacks and all the things there. Well, we're doing that. And I'm doing it daily in the morning and they're healthy snacks and they just come by and they just graze and they don't ask me for a snack. And the party platters lasted like five hours
0: and it's good to go. Oh, I love it. It's like free feeding your kids. Totally. But with healthy things. And
1: then they yeah. don't like eat all of the,
0: all of the, you know, whatever grab bag of the something. other convenience foods. Cause now that's more convenient. It's out. It's right there. They don't even have to open a wrapper. Nothing. Yep. It's just been also transformational. So mom hack business hack. <laughs> I love it. I'm thinking I'll make myself a snack tray in the morning to put on my desk so that I can sit there and not wander off into the kitchen and then I'm in a conversation and then somebody needs help with something. And then right, (laughs) it just evolves from there.
1: (laughs) It does. And it takes so much long to dive back into where you were. So we'll just get those all of those interruptions out of the way, notifications and snack requests.
0: And now we can grind. And then we can grind. I love it so much. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Alexis. Where can people get in touch with you if they want to find out more about Mountain Cane Media Services or the CEO summit podcast, or the art and services.
1: Thanks for asking. So for art and go, you can go to art and go.co and that's the art lesson membership to reach me for mountain cane media. You can find me at www.mountaincanemedia.com. And I also have a free Facebook group that you can dive into at CEO summit climb group.com. And you'll be redirected to Facebook.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much, Alexis. I really appreciate your openness and your willingness to meet with me today and just chat about this because I think it is something that we all face, you know, that constant decision making and how do we make it a more powerful experience? And I think you've given us a lot of tips and advice for that today. Appreciate Thanks it. Thanks so
1: much for having me. It was a pleasure.